Hi, I'm Amanda Johnson and welcome to Rise. Emer Daly is our chairman of the board for RSA Insurance Ireland and also a non-executive director for other companies. She's got tons of expertise in audit committee work, risk management and corporate governance, working both nationally and internationally in various industries from aviation to utilities and of course financial services. She can simply be described as a powerhouse and an amazing role model for us all. As well as having an incredibly successful career, she has achieved so much, in addition to raising a family along the way. Emer, you're very welcome to Rise. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, well, look, it's great to be here and to have this opportunity. Can we start at the beginning? What did you want to do when you left school? Oh, gosh. Um, when I left school, I wanted to study history. Okay. So I went to college to study history. Um, I was really fascinated always reading history books. Um, it was my favourite subject at school. So I went to UCD and I was doing a history degree and I picked politics and political economy to go with it because they just sounded like things that matched up with history. Okay. And by the end of first year, I realised... I really did not want to do history. <laughs> so what you had in your head wasn't yeah, what you were... No, no, academic history wasn't for me. So, um, and I really liked economics, which was a subject I'd never even heard of. Mm-hmm. So I ended up studying uh, pure economics and uh, finished that. And I think knew at that point that I just wanted to start work. Um, I was 20 finishing college. That's young. Yeah, compared to the kids nowadays, it's young. Um, And uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. It was 1983, so everyone's going to age me now. (laughs) Um, It was 1983, and there were really no jobs. And someone I knew was filling out a form to apply to an accountancy firm, and they had a spare form, so I filled it out. So I'm afraid it wasn't that thought out. I didn't have a master plan, um, and I started uh, work with uh, Craig Gardner, PwC, as it is now, and just loved it, as it turned out. And um, so that's... I. I was with them for 14 years. Uh, 14 years? Yeah. Now, in the middle of that, I took a year out and I went to Australia. And I was just about to ask, Amy, did you do any travelling? Yeah, so you did, did go to Australia for I a did, year. I did, I did, which was a great year. Um, I thought I'd go to Australia and do something really different, work on a farm or go out to the outback and fairly soon realised that working as an accountant, I could make more money and travel more. So I worked as an accountant in Australia for in Sydney for six months and in Perth for six months. Oh, wow. You, so that's a great time. Did the round the world trip, uh, did loads of travelling. Um, that was a great uh, phase. And also I got an opportunity at PwC to go over to New York and work there. So. Oh, wow. How long did you work in New York? Just for six months. I'm thinking of Carrie Bradshaw, you're in the apartment. Literally, it was, I'm afraid. <laughs> Manhattan, downtown Manhattan oh apartment. Word. We worked really hard, really long hours, but we uh, played really hard as well. So it was great fun. That's such an experience. So it was a great place to work um, and I got opportunities I suppose to be seconded out to clients as well and um, I was out with Telecom Air and I think you worked for Air. I did, I worked for Air. I was with Telecom Air and I think for probably in total about 15 months in two chunks uh, probably before your time Amanda 
And uh, then I um, I worked in one of the government departments as well. Um, they had a scheme that you went and worked in the government okay. departments. And then I was seconded to AXA because they had a, a finance director who left and they were recruiting in a new one and they needed somebody to fill the gap. So I went down there for six months. And then I came back to PwC and six months later, AXA offered me a job. And it was kind of one of those, an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went and joined AXA. During that time, I suppose, um, I had my children. I have four children. Um, I still have four children. <laughs> um, but I suppose I had four um quite close together so um, when my fourth child was born I have three boys and a girl when she was born um I had four children under eight wow okay yeah deep breath four children (laughs) under eight and director of like oh strategy and strategy and And on the on the the executive exco in AXA so that I suppose was a turning point for me because that was the point at which I had to stand back and look at what I was doing and, and say, can I keep this up? And Emer, how hard was that? Because was there many people on the exec with young families? Were you? No, I was a bit unique on the exco there at the time. I was the only woman. I was just supposed to say unique yeah. being female. <laughs> yeah, I was the only woman. And I think I was probably the only person with small children as well. Okay. So it, yeah, it, yeah. That's fairly hard. typical insurance company we're talking you know, 17, 18 years ago, mm-hmm. it was probably most of the senior people were male. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just the reality of it. So that, so the juggle was real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We tried every model of childcare going, I think. I had absolutely every type of childcare. Um, I, I, and I suppose I didn't have the, the family support that some mm. people might have had. Um um, because my mother, who um, uh, is still alive and is turning 100 next month. Oh, my word. So when I was wow, having my amazing. children, she was, you know, in her 70s to 80s. Yeah. So she wasn't going and kids, to be... kids are busy. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, busy. You couldn't ask. Especially if you four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I have three brothers as well, so they weren't much help either. So, <laughs> so um, I think it's a... It's a, it's a phase that, look, every working mother goes mm-hmm. through it. Um, I suppose when I'm at the stage I'm at now, my children are all older, they're late teens, early 20s, and I'm past that. Yeah. And I suppose looking back on it, it's a bit of a blur, I have to say, um, which I think most people will resonate with. But the other thing I think is that um, it goes really quickly mm-hmm. and it goes really, really fast. And you th- when you're in the middle of it, you think, I can't cope. I can't continue like this. I'm just totally overwhelmed. But actually, you get through it and you look around a few years later and you say, well, was, that wasn't that hard, was it? Um, that's something you have to keep in mind. And I think, how do, you, how do you keep your sense of self and how do you keep your career and your life going? And not be totally absorbed by children and home life. I mean, they are the most important thing, absolutely. And I think as long as they know they're the most important thing to you, that you can work around it. 
But you also have to think of yourself and think, well, I want to have a life after my children are at the stage where they don't need me, mm. that hands-on way. And I, and I do think, I mean, I looked at my own mother. She was of that generation of Irish women that had to give up work when they got married. She didn't have a choice. And I could see that when we grew up, that she, there was a bit of sadness there. She used to talk about when I was in business, and she was a bookkeeper. Yeah. She used to, her phrase was, when I was in business. And I could see that she missed that. Mm. She really missed it. So I think you have to hold on and just get through it um, and look for all the support and ask for the support and you know, lean on the people around you and your partner and if you have family support, absolutely, because it's a short-lived period. It is short-lived and I often find in the moments where it's like, oh, when it's hard, I keep, I keep saying to myself, Amanda, these are the good old days because it will go quickly and... I can already even see my kids, they're young, but they have, they have a better social life than I have, for starters. They have all these different activities on, and it is a short period of time. And I think the point that's really resonating with me um, that you made, Emer, is not to lose yourself of, your, your sense of self. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you feel like you can, but actually you got to, like you said, hold on and not forget about yourself either because we are very pri- privileged. When I worked in Erlingus... I remember some of the supervisors came back because they had to leave because they got married and they, they came back to fly. But they all said it was awful. They loved their job and they had to give it up because they got married. So we've come a long way and we should Hugely. probably, you know, we should Hugely. appreciate the privilege, I suppose, of those before us absolutely, have gone before us. Yeah. No, absolutely. We have. And I think I think. Really, I look at the young women today with the young children, and I think especially post-COVID, when more flexible ways of working have become much more acceptable. And I think actually it's beginning to maybe get workable. (laughs) I'm not saying workable with four children under eight, (laughs) but um, but workable (laughs) as, uh, you know, there there are flexible ways of working. I look at the policies that RSA have, and I think one, two, three, and I think, you know, this is a place where you can actually manage that juggle. I would like to kind of emphasize that for families as well, because it's, we think of it as a, a woman's issue, but actually it's a family issue. And if we could start thinking that way and getting that language in as well, I think there's a lot more of the, the partners out there who actually want to get more involved as well. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely a, a family issue. It's it's not just women who have to manage the juggle. What I'm encouraged about is people are talking about it a bit more now. You're not kind of hiding the fact that you have children or pretending you don't have a family or, you know, coming into work and being able to say, I've had no sleep, but it's fine. You know, it's good that people can talk about it because then it's related because we're all going through it in some Absolutely. shape or form. And there's people who are also looking after their parents. And it's not just about kids either. So I think you're right having the conversation is 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 good because it feels like you're not alone and sometimes that's half the battle now i have some uh, questions in from our rise listeners emer so this is a good one have you had any particularly challenging moments as a female moving up through the ranks lots of them really but but for me i suppose the most challenging one was when my daughter was born and looking at and and i kind of knew it when I was expecting her, I so we we knew. 
say my husband and myself knew we can't continue like this. At the time, the timing was great. Um, we had obviously the three little boys who were, you know, seven, five and three. And so that was a bit of a juggle as it was. We were out of our own house. We were in a rented house because we were getting the house um, getting an extension built, which took forever because we had a nightmare of a builder. So, so we were out of our own house in this rented house. We were having the usual childcare crises um, of childminders coming and going. Um, so that was going on. Um, I had uh, decided I was going to do a diploma in corporate governance out in UCD. So I was trying to do that two evenings a week. Um, and I had also taken on a non-executive directorship mm-hmm. with Airgrid, which is the electricity transmission system operator, which was a great role. And it came out of the work that I had done with the government department. Um, and AXA were great about facilitating me doing it. But I was doing it in my own time on top of the day job. And I was working full time. I was just going to say, so that's all you were doing. Yeah, <laughs> so that's all I was doing. And then I, then I discovered I was pregnant. And um, I remember the two of us lying down in the bed and saying, OK, um, how's this going to work? And while we were thrilled and everything, you're still sort of looking at the logistics of it all. And um, that was that was a tough decision, yeah. I suppose, because. You know, I was enjoying my work. I was enjoying everything I was doing. Um, but we knew it couldn't all, couldn't keep going. Something was going to break. So at that point, I said, OK, I'm going to step out of the executive role, which I did. And I thought, I'll see how this goes. And nine months later, I was absolutely crawling up the walls. I just was not suited to full-time motherhood. Mm-hmm. I remember asking my eldest boy, um, did he want me to stay home after maternity leave? This was before the maternity leave was up. Would he like me to look after him or would he like the nanny back? Yeah. And he said, without a blink, he said, the nanny. You and must I, have been like, I what? Said, <laughs> I said, why is that? And he said, because you're much crosser than she is. Um, you never buy us sweets and you make us walk everywhere. And I <laughs> thought, so okay. There's three good reasons why I should actually stay home. Now, there were other reasons. I know, yeah. But um, I love kids. They're so honest, right? They're so honest. You're like, what? They're so honest. <laughs> so, so after I did nine months, kind of the full time mother thing, and then I said, this isn't going to work. So um, I put my daughter into a crash and I started back part time initially. And I said, you know, I want work that is intellectually stimulating. That was key for me. I said, I want to be able to keep my career going. So I want to keep my foot in the door here. And it has to pay enough to, to justify, me to yeah, do to all be able to do everything. Yeah. yeah. And that was my starting goal. And then, you know, if you've at that stage, I suppose I had been working for 20 years and people that I worked with, um, when they heard I was available, work started to, to come in. So I did a bit of consulting work. I did a little bit of part-time accountancy work. I did a bit of lecturing. So, so the work, it was the relationships that I had built up mm-hmm. while I was working um, really started to 
come good for me in a way. The friends that I had made, the the contacts that I had made, it hadn't been deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it were people that worked for me, not that I had gone out to kind of try and build a network. Um, I love the variety of the work that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love different organisations and learning new things. And I suppose that's something that um, I think is really important is to keep learning. Mm-hmm. So keep doing more qualifications. You know, keep pushing yourself to learn new things and then keep taking on work where maybe you don't know the industry, but you'll learn it. You, maybe you don't know the particulars of that organisation, but you will learn you it. You will learn it. So I think that that um, confidence, I think, mean, really is the key thing to, to advancement, just having the confidence to say, you know what, I can master this. I'm, I'm, I'm not expert at it now, but I can. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll learn it. Agreeing to do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And I think even this, this podcast, when you ask me to do <laughs> it, it's not natural for me to sit here and talk like this. But I agreed because it's good for me to do it. And it's, it's also an great for everyone to hear your story because there's not many um females in that that hold a chair chairman's role in in the country um in some ways you're a unicorn emer because just you know it's it's still hard to see that in the country and no things are changing and they're moving can you see more change happening is it happening at, at the right pace or oh i think it's happening mm-hmm. i definitely this is think good. it's happening and i think i look at the young women today um and i see their confidence and i think wow they are just so much, they've so much potential. And I think that definitely the balance will swing. Absolutely. And I, but I think it is up to women to, to take it on as well. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you, you don't and there's reasons you don't. There, there are times in your life when you can't. And I think you have to recognize that. Sometimes you just can't do it. You just have too much on your plate. But I think what you shouldn't do is give up and say, well, that's it then. Yeah. I can't do it. I think you say, OK, for this period, I can't do it. What do I need to do during this time now to keep myself current, uh, employable, uh, interesting to people so that when I have the capacity to take it on, I'm I'm You're attractive ready. proposition for people. And I think that that's what you have to do is someone once said to me you know um, your jobs are short but careers are long so the particular job you're doing for some reason you know you might not uh, be in a position to take on more but you have to say well my career is long so what do I do now to position this so that when I do have that capacity my children are a little bit bigger or when I'm my caring for my elderly parent has eased a bit and I can take that on. What do I have to do now to position myself for that? It's so like I think that's one of the things we have to do as women because it's often the women that end up with those roles. Yeah, I think it goes back to that point that you made earlier. Don't lose yourself, you know. Um, and sometimes it's easy to lose yourself. You just have to keep trying. I love the saying as well, confidence is the willingness to try. Like you should try, you know, because 
if you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you could just be left in a, in a rush. So it's and how Emer do you handle? Because you're on you're on a couple of boards now as Ined, and we're, we're really lucky we have you as our chairman. How do you manage the all the different boards? It must be so interesting, and uh, you must be a whiz at stakeholder management at this stage now. <laughs> well, I think what's really interesting is um, you you learn from one to the other. So, and I think doesn't have to be on boards. I think you learn from different things in life. So I think you, you don't have to be, but you could be in, on your school management board mm-hmm. or you could be on your parents association or you could be on, you know, uh, involved with the charity locally. And those are all really good things. I know when you've got small kids, you're thinking, what? I, I was I thinking of, keep that would be a lot more together. WhatsApp um, <laughs> but, <laughs> groups I'd be in. <laughs> but, but, you know, you do learn from those sorts of yeah, things. So do. it's to, to kind of put yourself out there sometimes for those sorts of roles um, also equips you to to have the confidence again to put yourself forward because you're sitting on a school management board and somebody who seems to be very lofty and have a very lofty position is also on the board and you're listening to them going, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not that impressed by this person. And you realize you're you're just as capable yeah. as they are. And it, so I think you have to get that kind of exposure. But I love the I love the board work. Um, I love this particular board. I love the, the 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 RSA one, two, three board. I think we have a really great board, great ET and lovely organization with great culture and a, a great atmosphere. So this is definitely my favourite one. Or your favourite. It absolutely is. You heard is. it here no, first, it everybody. Is. <laughs> absolutely is. Um, it's the one that, you know, I come into with a, a light heart. Sometimes you go into meetings with a heavy heart. And that's not to say we don't have our challenges. Every yeah, business know. has. But um, I think we have the right attitude to get through them. Mm. Uh, but you do learn from one to the other. Um, it's a bit of a juggle as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, hey, if you've juggled working and small kids, you can juggle... When you've had four Different kids, boards. definitely like, yeah. you know, um, and look, we have one more question here um, that's come through uh, from our rising listeners and they want to know who are your female role models? Yeah, that's a tricky one because mm. I probably don't really have any. Does that that's sound okay. terrible? No, it doesn't. Not I at don't, all. Um, I've never sort of looked at someone and say, I want to be like that person or that woman, I think as you go through life and as you work with different people, there are attributes of people, particularly people you work with, that you say, I want to be that kind of boss. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be, I want to have the respect that, that person has, or I want to be, you know, able to, to do that and be as human as that person is. That's more how I learn from people mm-hmm. rather than saying Christine Lagarde is my role model <laughs> and there she is um, and I want to be like her it's more as you work with people what about the way they operate do you admire yeah and you say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be like that um, so that's been more I think pick my up, approach to role models pick up nuggets I, I do think you learn so much from 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 people um, and I've often said to you, and I, anytime I have to go into the board, I, I learn so much even from the questions. 
And uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? But it's so it's so interesting to learn from people. But I think you might find now, Emer, that you're a role model for many of us here in RSA <laughs> Want to Train. I include myself in that. Thank you so much for your time today and being with us on Rise. And I uh, hope we'll have you back soon again. Thanks very much, Amanda. It's been great. Thank you. We have more exciting guests lined up for our Rise podcast. So check us out on MS Teams for details. And if there is anyone you want to hear from, let us know. Thanks for listening. Thank you.